Okay, so hello, my name is Benedict Cumbersnatch. I eat cucumbers and I love chicken. Great to have you on here, Benedict Cucumber. Um, uh, an avid fan. Hashtag YOLO, hashtag eat your beans. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Kaleidoscope Cafe podcast. Joining me today is Luke Curtis, musician slash content creator. How's it going, Luke? Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, it's going good. It's going Everything's good. pretty good, yeah. So we said we would start off with inspirations you have for projects at the minute do you want to start off with who you were thinking of yeah so i mean as oscar said like me and you were both um doing commercial music so music is like part of our lives um for me i think like big inspirations like tame impala and then more to orchestra and like obvious ones like the beatles and post malone yeah stuff like that yeah for sure yeah i mean the definitely like with Tame Impala, the kind of psychedelic rock is such a cool sound. Mm. So that is something, and I know you definitely you like that as well. Yeah, you? for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, have you heard of Unknown Mortal Orchestra? Yeah, so yeah. good at being in trouble. Yeah, I mean that's like their multi love. Yeah, yeah multi love as well. Yeah, I mean that's so good at being in trouble. I think might be their most main like song that most people know. Mm. But I mean. For Unknown More to Orchestra, like, there's literally not one album I don't like, not one song I dislike. Mm -hmm. Everything is just so, so good. And it was one of those things when I first heard them, I didn't realize that I I needed the sound that they were, if that makes sense. I was literally like an actual awakening of like, oh my God, this is so weird. This sound I've never heard before. His vocals is, because Ruben Nielsen's the main like guy. Mm -hmm. And I just like, what the hell? It just sounds so different. I first heard yeah. "Can't Keep Checking My Phone," the mm-hmm. rhythm and everything. It's just, oh, it's just incredible. I was like, "What? Th- what is this?" Mm-hmm. And then I just became like a super fan. And I've spent it's so embarrassing. I've got so many vinyls of theirs. I've got like multiple of the same, but like different color vinyls and like a oh wow, like yeah, like just I've got so many different types of theirs. Obviously, Tame Impala because. You know, Kevin Parker, I mean, what else do you have yeah. to say? It's Kevin fucking Parker. He's just <laughs> awesome. Um, but then also, like, Post Malone. He's mm-hmm. And, and he, I know he's very mainstream and he does m- more rap and stuff. But, like, with him, I find he always manages to just bring in something different. Like, with Stay, Circles. Yeah. Circles was produced by Kevin Parker as well. So that's why I love that so much. But... Yeah, I'm trying to think who else, and then like really obvious stuff like the Beatles and yeah, that, that everybody loves. Yeah, I mean, Oscar's said that I'm a musician, but like, I mean, I'm really not qualified to be called even like I'm aspiring to make a song. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay. not, I'm not at that level in any way to be called that. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. In my mind, I'm like you're somebody who predominantly plays music, which qualifies yeah. you as a musician. But. I guess, I guess, but for me, like that, that title kind of help, holds this thing of like you you know what you're doing to a certain extent. Do you know what I mean? I've made like maybe five, six songs. One that I've actually put out, which I'm not like too keen on, mm-hmm. but eventually, like, that's why I'm here studying music. Is obviously like I want to make an album that is professional enough where i feel i can then say yeah i am a musician but, okay so but, you want to prove to yourself yeah that you're a sure yeah. i'd say that's fair yeah, yeah. that's pretty yeah that's funny i think um yeah i mean i guess i considered myself a musician as soon as i got paid to gig 
you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, I've never been at that point. Mm. I mean, I have everyone on this course as well. Like, I'm probably the least qualified to be I think most people feel that way, though. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't look at you and think you're the least qualified by any stretch, to no. be honest. No. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. Not that I, like, look at people and gauge how qualified they are. <laughs> Not that that's, like, something I do. Yeah. But, you know, if I were to, that wouldn't be something I'd be thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is a pretty kind of fair thing to say, I guess. Mm. Um, but I'm just trying to think who else because I've been listening a lot to the beat like a lot of like Beatles and stuff but Sean Lennon and Les Claypool oh yeah so that's for people who don't know like Sean Lennon is John Lennon's son and they're in a band called the Claypool Lennon Delirium and some of that is just oh it's like it's just incredible it's yeah. like it's a, it's criminal that they're not more known, really, because mm. there's like there's a song called um, "Blood and Rockets Movement One: The Saga of Jack Parsons," <laughs> and it is this this whole kind of like story, true story, of this guy who basically like he was building rockets in America. He was when he was he was like really good at building like projectiles and stuff. Okay. And he was so good at building them in his garden <laughs> that the US were like, they'd pick it up on their radar yeah. that he was building rockets. <laughs> and uh, they eventually kind of brought him in and he he was just like a really clever guy. But he met this other guy called like Mr. Crowley, mm-hmm. who was like a Satanist, black magic, like crazy dude who had a persona called the Beast. Okay. Right? And he was crazy uh-huh. and they basically came together and they were like worshipping like the craziest stuff they had like a whole sex cult in Pasadena they had a house that was like just used for orgies and stuff it was just bonkers and um yeah and the whole song's all about that yeah. and what's so bizarre is that clearly John Lennon had like there was clearly a connection between like John and them I don't know how, but in Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Hearts Club Band, in the artwork at the front, it has all the like cutouts and stuff. It has Mr. Crowley, okay, on like as one of the cutouts, and it's not like he's a culturally known person because you've got like people like you got obviously the like what are the, how many people are on the cover. Maybe a hundred. Well, is it a hundred? It's, it's a lot, but it like, it looks like when you look at it from far away, it looks like yeah. a massive group. And there's so many people on there that are like culturally significant to just in general. Mm-hmm. Like you've got, for example, Marilyn Monroe, right? And behind Marilyn Monroe <laughs> is a cutout of the Beast, yeah. which is Mr. Crowley's persona. So, like, why is that there? Yeah. Why the, Why is that there? It's creepy. Mm-hmm. There's there's something there's something going on there. I think there's like a lot of things about John Lennon that make you think maybe there's something going on there. Mm, to be fair, yeah, like you'll hear like random I love stories. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. I I just kind of take the music for what it is. Exactly. I, I don't really read too much into the law. Yeah. With him. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I I just think that that like literally both albums of Claypool Lennon Delirium have a lot of um, imagery of Mr. Crowley and uh, Jack Parsons. Okay. Really bizarre. Really strange choice. But cool. Mm. Really cool music. So nice sounding. Yeah. Mm. 
It's funny how the US government sometimes just picks people up like that. They're like, oh, that guy who's making missiles in his backyard? Come work for us. We can us. use him. We can <laughs> yeah. use him. Yeah. We've got a job for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think you're going to bring some of that inspiration into Indigo Weekend? Oh, okay. Band? Right, yeah. So absolutely. I want Indigo Weekend. That is a band that I want to start making mm-hmm. with Oscar. Um at the moment, everyone's so busy that we haven't been able to get it off the ground yet. Yeah. But w- I think once we get everyone together and we have like one practice session where all of us all like know with, I, f- I feel like the magic will just hit and we'll be like, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is going to be something big. I really do think maybe not big, but it's gonna. I think we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sound I want for that is going to be well, quite indie. I wanted to have a mix of psychedelic rock, um, Tudor Cinema Clubby, maybe like mm. something like that. But I wanted to have a range. Yeah, I don't want to be like trapped in this box of only doing a certain sound. Yeah, you know? no, I get you. that'd be so boring to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I do like being able to go into kind of weird scales or stuff like that because, mm. like. There's a lot of bands where you kind of find yourself just doing pentatonic stuff and kind of just same old, even though it's really fun, but yeah. it's less challenging than if you go into like weird psych rock, like um, strange time signatures or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, weird modes. And you're like, hell yeah, do you? you know? Yeah. I mean, even with like um, Dandelion House, like mm. the scales that you bring to that, I, I don't know, I just really enjoy... Hmm. the sound that you bring to that because it's like it is folky because we are in a folk band but I feel like you like especially you you always like if it's um I don't know like you always try and spice it up you 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 never want to go for like the the normal chord you want to go for the normal chord like straight chords yeah yeah, like (laughs) you'll you'll get the bass chord and you'll go I'm gonna just place this finger here Mm. and it's gonna ring out a little bit differently and then That's, you're gonna hammer on there, and you're gonna do and it's. It's just so cool. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you kind of have to because otherwise, unless you're like exceptionally good at writing melodies, like if you're just playing four chords, it can just sound like a lot of other things that already exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially since, like, I don't know, folk, like, just the options of like weird tunings and adding strange things to it. It's like you're not going to make it worse by making it have more flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's absolutely. kind of the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm just, I feel like I do go into my comfort zone a bit too much mm. when it comes to music specifically, because I feel like it's my least qualified thing. So bass chords are what I always go for. Mm-hmm. And even just with instruments in general, it's like I have my acoustic guitar and that's like, my main thing that I enjoy playing with is because I've, I feel like I've got more of a grasp on it than my electric. Mm. So I'm not, I want to push myself, but sometimes I don't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I've, I'm in like a bit of a comfort zone, but when it comes to like short films and stuff, I do feel like I want to push way more on like visual technique because I feel like I've already got a grasp on the the basics at least of film. Did you take film at college? So I... Um, I studied art and design at one point. I studied media and then I left because um, I just didn't like how the course was being taught and I thought like, oh, I'll just 
literally just get a job. Yeah. And I got a job. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I was like, if this is what my life is going to be, hell no. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing this. So I saved up. I got myself a Panasonic GH4. It was like 700, 800 quid. Mm-hmm. Got that. And I started making storyboards and wrote a little script. And I made a short film, which is called Balaclava. And it was kind of... Like in it's 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 terrible because it's the first <laughs> thing I did, but I'm so happy with it because yeah. I'm like, you know, it actually like I did it. I went, I scout located, and my friend Lyle uh, was like, "I'm I'm there with you. I'll, I'll act in it and all this." And my other friend Woody was like, "Yeah, I'll be there." Like they were so like it was just so nice of them to help me, mm-hmm. and we made the short film, edited it all together, and some people some people mocked it. Mm-hmm. But of course they're going to mock it because they don't, if they don't see a point in it, they're always going to try and knock you down. Yeah. You know, and they'd laugh and all that. And it was like, well, fine then, like do that. There's a lot of people who have achieved fuck all who will happily make fun of other people exactly, as well. Exactly, <laughs> right, exactly. So that was one thing. And then I thought, right, we're going to do another one. And a lot of time went by and I really storyboarded out the second one and there's like so much improvements on the second one, especially. Mm-hmm. And some of my other friends, Nathan and uh, and Ryan and stuff, they came in and they helped me. We made the second one and it was just so much better, like such an improvement. Yeah. Um, and I then sent that to BFI, which in Bristol, basically there's a thing called BFI. Mm-hmm. It's linked with BAFTA. It's spread across the UK. Right. And I saw that there was one going in, in Bristol. Mm-hmm. So I sent out, like showed the short films and then I came, went for an interview and I managed to get in, which was a massive shock. I didn't think I was going to get in because like, Apparently, lots of people go for it. I didn't think it was that big of a thing. Yeah. But I got in, did that. Probably, like, one of the happiest I've ever been in my life was doing that course because I really felt like the ball was rolling and I was like, yeah, let's do this, you know. And we made, like, the whole end of that was making a short film. So we did that and then just nothing happened. Like, like, the ball just stopped rolling. I was like, I had nothing to do, Mm -hmm. no funds. Back yeah. to back to the drawing board. So I got a job and I worked for like two years uh, <laughs> in like a job that I didn't enjoy, but it was money. Mm-hmm. Saved up. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and do music. Mm-hmm. And then I've like bought all my own equipment. Bought my, like everything is like my own thing. I, I haven't had anyone to be like, oh, oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like, I think it separates people because there are people that kind of have an, have an ambition and want to do something. But then they they say they're going to do it, but they don't ever do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that go, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's just going to screw it. Like, I might waste my money on this. This might be a big flop. Mm-hmm. And I might, you know, not make anything from it, but screw it. I want to do it. And that's just what I did. And then, yeah. And then made a couple <laughs> terrible, terrible songs <laughs> in my room. <laughs> uh, sent it to here. Yeah. But even that was a really long process, you know? Really? Yeah, I applied to go to BIM, and they accepted me. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ha- I had like really bad grades. I have very bad like grades. Uh-huh. And they were just and then they said, oh, you need to write like a kind of essay to kind of show that you know what you're doing. And I wrote out this essay, and they were like, yeah, he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so I, and I was like, oh, great. So I didn't get in. Um, yeah. But it, instead of it like deterring me, I just spent the next year kind of like doing more research i went to dbs i don't know if you know that dbs yeah it's more like a production thing in bristol so a school uh, yeah kind of a college yeah oh, okay. i did that met some super cool talented people and it just kind of has kept going and now i'm here it worked out pretty well absolutely in hindsight it was the best thing mm-hmm. in hindsight 
the the not getting in and the, there was like other things as well so yeah I was accepted to another college another university but I ended up not going because of COVID where was that um so it was it would have been um Western Supermare oh, okay uh but it was through Bath mm-hmm. so I thought I was going to Bath but then it was actually in Western in Supermare. Western yeah. and then COVID hit so I was like I'm not going to go to that either way mm-hmm. because of COVID. But also I, I just didn't, I wanted to go to Bath, like Bath. The just, city. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to like go here. I didn't want to go to somewhere else. Nothing against Western. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, and, and that was a whole another year out of my life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I had to kind of go, right, what am I going to do with yeah. it all, you know? And I got a job and yeah. And now I'm here mm-hmm. and I'm really glad. Yeah. Like, Failure is as much of a part of progress, I think, really. It it's is the part only of, way. It yeah. is part of progress is failure. And I think I have failed way more than I've succeeded. Mm-hmm. I can count how many times I've succeed, successfully kind of like pers- like gone further within music. I can count it on probably one hand. <laughs> I, su- I successfully made a song. Yeah. Was it good? No. But no, do, do, do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's... One of those things, but it was also what separates people, you know? Yeah. How are you going to react to that failure? Because mm-hmm. some people just kind of go, all right, oh, screw that, I'm done now. I think some people take it really personally if they fail. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, because yeah. maybe it is on you that you failed. Yeah. But then you've got to be like really transparent and go, right, okay, well, I have failed. How do I not fail? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. and usually you then fail again. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the thing. You go, right, yeah. how do I not fail? And you attempt yeah. the same thing and then you fail again. Well, you go, right. Well, I failed the second time, but I failed maybe in a different way. Mm-hmm. That's more, it's more frustrating when you fail a second time doing the exact same thing. Yeah. But failing a second time, but because of a different reason, it's like, well, that's still something I can take on board. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How are you kind of feeling about the projects you kind of have going on? I mean, I'm very excited. I do feel like the ball's not... I, it's it's rolling. Mm-hmm. Stuff's happening. It's not as happening as much as I'd honestly want it to. Like, I do want Indigo Weekend to be a thing. I want my solo stuff to be a thing. And it's like a very slow process. I do find that, you know... It, it, but, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just... I think it's going okay. That's good. That's good. I think in general, I'm pretty happy with how things are going for me here. Like, I don't know. I took on way too much, as you saw. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm finally kind of getting into a place where I have like a reasonable workload. Like the fact that I can even podcast right now is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah. Because like there were weeks where I was like, oh, no time for lunch. Like <laughs> yeah. no time for like sleeping. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's nice to be back podcasting. Yeah. I mean, honestly, thank you so much for letting me come on. No, it's it's great, dude. It's great to be back doing it. It's a bit of a strange feeling because I haven't done it in, like, I don't know. It's only realistically a few months, but so much has happened. Mm. It's like I'm a whole, like, new person and I'm, like, returning back to it. So it's quite nice. But, yeah. For you as well, like, you've performed Mm. a reasonable amount. Oh, yeah. Because when we were in the SU with Dandelion House. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that was the first time I'd ever performed in front of people, really, in a, in front of a group of people. Yeah, you know, how it, was that? I it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm. Genuinely, I was kind of like I was terrified leading up to it. 
Yeah. Like the days before were awful. Like I couldn't really sleep. Mm. I had, I literally had like a dream that I was up on stage and I just couldn't play. And then I woke oh, up like, no. oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, it was so weird, like so cliche, but I actually had that. But then once it happened, I was like, oh, that was, <laughs> is it done now? Like what? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't screw up. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, but, but it's it all right. Fine. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as it could have been, you know, it, it's, yeah. it was really, it was just a great experience. And that's why I'm here. I need to push myself out my comfort zone. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I really want to get started on some solo stuff. That's my other thing that I'm like, I want to prioritize is it would be so nice to have an album out. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I want to do. I want to make an EP and just like, especially my solo stuff. I, I want to make an EP and just mm. it be like, I want it to sound professional. That's all I want. I want mm. it to sound like it's actually been made by a, like a professional group. Cause anyone can record like now anyone can record something in their room, mm -hmm. but not many people can make it sound really f like well produced yeah it can still be a good sound you can still make a good song in your room mm -hmm. but I, I want it to sound like it's really produced and like well like a studio yeah recording yeah yeah so that's kind of the next step with all that yeah mm. are you writing stuff at the minute for that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just basically in my room most of the time i'm just songwriting in my room with my acoustic which is a bit of because I, I find like i'm also getting myself into this routine of like all my songs are sounding acoustic-y because mm -hmm. that's what I'm writing on. Oh, okay. And obviously I want to form a band around these songs. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I need to be aware of because mm -hmm. I don't want it all to sound acoustic-y. I want to have different sounds. Mm. Yeah, you were saying like um, you would want a band where each song kind of sounds like it's a different style or... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. bringing different things from different bands and maybe find our own sound but i mean i mean kevin parker he i think he starts with most of his songs he starts with the drums yeah he focuses on the drums first he has to get the drums sounding right like and and then you think like why do i feel my whole body move into this beat mm -hmm. you know and it's because he's got the, the he's just got the drums down and that is the base of it all mm -hmm. the, 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 like um Lost in Yesterday, like they're just the, the drum and the bass as well. Yeah. All of it together, just, he's just a genius. Mm. Would you produce your own stuff? I'd want to. If I got good enough, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It'll be really fun to like listen back to this if things do go well. Yeah. And then I'm able to go like, oh yeah, look how much I... Remember talking about doing that. Yeah. yeah that would be cool. But... I don't really know what this podcast, I mean, it's like, obviously I'm talking on it, but we can, we're can talking about whatever really in it. It's just... Yeah, this podcast is like um, extremely loose format. I'm mm. going to be honest. I tend to just put up the camera, put up the microphone and let people talk. Most of the time on here, it's mostly just me kind of racking people's brains and yeah. seeing what they come out with. Yeah. You like, know. I just feel weird because it's like, I'm not really qualified to talk about that much stuff in general. I don't want like your your audience to think I'm like me 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 like my bigging myself up because mostly people who are down for listening to me waffle on I think yeah that is a key part of enjoying this podcast I'm yeah. not gonna lie like okay. if, if you're looking for like straight intellectual content <laughs> this is probably not the place you find yourself <laughs> on the internet <laughs> you know what I mean yeah that's fair but like yeah. I, I, I'm not obviously like oh me 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 mm. like 
this is my so I'm being interviewed <laughs> like I, you know yeah no I know what you mean I think it's also funny for people who like I don't know some people are like really big personalities and so you'll whack them on a podcast and they like just take like, over yeah they just fly off they love it they'll talk about themselves for like two hours happily yeah and then some people they're a bit more like reserved and you kind of have to like bring Pluck it out their of brains them. a bit yeah. yeah yeah definitely especially if you're not used to like just talking on a recording anyway you're like mm. your brain's sort of like I'm being recorded and you've become more self-aware I think than you would if you were just like chatting if you yeah, know what I mean yeah. absolutely yeah yeah so do you feel like this is going to go somewhere like do you want to keep doing this until it actually like blows up or <laughs> no to no. be honest I'm music is the thing where I'm like I'd love to make a career out of it podcasting is the thing where I'm like this is really fun and I'll do it with my friends people I find interesting online and it's just like a nice outlet to yeah. have conversations with people who like otherwise those conversations probably wouldn't happen yeah like I think it's that like I in terms of like getting sponsors and stuff I'm completely unfussed if this podcast never makes a pound that is absolutely fine by me whether it's music I'm very much like I'd love to have a career out of it you know yeah I mean? that's fair like yeah. I definitely see myself as a musician first mm -hmm. you know I've made maybe five or six episodes of this podcast like still very early days so it would be like wonderful if it did do really well but in terms of like, is that something I'm really pushing for or prioritizing? Like, absolutely not. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That being said, this episode is sponsored by Clash of Clans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Manscape. Manscape. Yeah. <laughs> They're always sponsoring everything. Yeah. Like, get your you razor. Guys, yeah. yeah. Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> Dollar, yeah. Welcome to Dollar Shave Club. Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's quite funny <laughs> what podcasters do you listen to so joe rogan obviously yeah i mean i i just yeah he is just kind of really he always gets really interesting people on mm. you know he had robert downey jr on he lands the best guests yes yeah it's just so so impressive um, Wafflin podcast, do you know that one? I don't. Know. So it's like there's a YouTuber called Joe Weller. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's I know. like, yeah, and it's him, Theo Baker, and Luke Evans, I want to say. Um, but they, they're just one of those groups where they're so open and honest about how they feel. It's quite refreshing because mm -hmm. they will embarrass themselves. Like they'll talk about the funniest, like or like very very emotional things, and they're just very honest about how they feel. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's like doing a really, really good thing because their audience is predominantly male, I'd say. And they talk about mental health and stuff a lot. Yeah. And I think that is really good because it's like, it is going to genuinely like make a lot of their listeners feel like they can talk about like mental health, mm -hmm. which is a really important thing. And Joe Weller gets a lot of, well, kind of flat because he used to be like this, he used to kind of make skits yeah, yeah yeah and like he doesn't really do that anymore he'll do like the occasional haunted like haunted video and mm. they're just funny they're just really like well edited videos i really rate him um and he's jumping into music as really? well which is quite oh, cool yeah, yeah he, like but, dance music yeah yeah so that's waffling podcast to listen to what else there's <laughs> there's a podcast so i really like greek mythology oh yeah i don't know where that is why it is but mm. greek mythology is just a huge passion project of mine like just i'm so fascinated by it mm -hmm. um and there's a podcast called myth understood 
All right? That's a great name. And yeah. they just talk about all the different mythologies. They've moved on from Greek. They've done Egyptian and mm. Norse. Norse mm. is like my favorite that yeah. I've read up on. Just yeah. Because the stories are brilliant. And yeah, they're, they're just, it's just such a fun way of them doing it. And they, it's just great. Like, I really love that one. There's other ones as well. I'm trying to think like my other podcasts that I would sit down and really kind of listen to. But for me, it's it's like, so yeah, there's some of those podcasts. There's a YouTube channel called Red Letter Media, which is literally like my favorite YouTube channel. Okay. Ever. Uh-huh. Right? They are so like, from like a meme perspective, there's so many culturally, like there's so many memes that have come from their content when people have no idea who they are and where uh, it comes from. Okay. They are like, um, the the like the godfathers of YouTube in a sense. Like they made these Mr. Plinkett reviews mm. years and years ago, and it was all about the Star Wars prequels. Um, and it gained like cultural significance, and they're still really big now. They'll get on trending. They do movie reviews. That's like their main thing, is movie reviews, and um, they have like uh, their own like kind of shows that are on YouTube called like Best of the Worst and like Plinketto and. It's just Mike Stolklasser is like the main guy mm-hmm. and he kind of was the one who made the Blinkit reviews and you've got Jay, I want to say Jay Bowman, Bart Bowman or whatever. I can't remember like, mm-hmm. but, and like they like co-host a show called um, Half in the Bag where they review movies and okay. stuff. And then my favorite one is Rich Evans and okay. he's like the funniest guy. His laugh is like the best laugh ever. He's so, they're just so funny. And every episode you're watching literally just like mates having a laugh. Like you're just watching friends have a laugh. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. And when you watch them enough, because like I feel like I know them as friends and I've obviously never met them, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of the key to their content. You just, they're just friends. You, You just feel like you're just sat watching mates hang out. And because I feel like I know them, it's almost like I'm sat with my friends. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so, it's just such a great show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Red Letter Media, it's just so funny. I think I kind of have a similar thing with, um, I don't know, like life story YouTubers, because you get to feel like you know them because you hear like all the wacky stuff they get up to. Like yeah. I love Xcode, if you know him. Xcode. He's like the stoner dude who wears the big fluffy hat. I don't think I know him. You don't know him. No. Brilliant. Uh, Love Bentley Blaze, that dude. Another. Are these all stoners? Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started to cut. Yeah, something, to see something catching here. on here. Yeah. Because you show me one video of that guy doing the storytelling yeah, of the that's fireworks. X-Code. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I know him. Like I love stuff like that where people just talk about like funny things that have happened. Yeah. And it's just like it's like brainless content. You're like, I can sit down and put this on while I'm like cooking or something. Yeah, like, and you I just chill out and thing. enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So like, sorry for the obviously audio listeners, but like that. Do you know that? I mean? <laughs> that's Rich, I don't know that's that Rich meme. Evans. That's oh, like okay. one of the memes that he did. Right. Like, what well, he didn't even make it. But people just yeah. But yeah, they're so funny. <laughs> okay. I yeah. think I'm quite drawn to kind of longer form, like longer format media. Mm-hmm. If a YouTube videos an hour long, like the longer the better. I would much prefer to sit down and watch an eight hour in-depth video analyzing a TV show than I would sit down and watch a 10 minute like 
just for the YouTube algorithm 10 minute video that might be fast edited and be like, oh, flashy lights, like, bye. And it's like, yeah, what? Like, yeah, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> what's the point? Like, I don't feel like I'm going to gather anything. Don't get me wrong. There's some really, really well edited, like, videos that um, I do really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I just feel like everything that I watch, it has to be to do with with films. Okay. Everything. Like, now I'm kind of realizing all the YouTube channels that I do watch, and it's... Just film. It's all films. I have the same with music, like Rick Beato, guys like that, like I just Mm -hmm. love to watch, or like um, Paul Davids, just any of them who just talk about guitar stuff, I'll happily just whack on in the background. Um, But then if it's, I don't know, anything unrelated to stuff I'm interested in, it's, you know, Mm. just over my head. Yeah. Because I'm like, what am I getting from this, you know? Yeah. I love a good, like, I don't know, like mystic on YouTube as well. They're always fun. Like if somebody's doing a tarot reading or something, like I'll, I'll watch that really? stuff. Yeah, I love it. It's it's just fun, you know. Do you have like a guilty pleasure when it comes to those like YouTube content? Is there something that you sit down and watch and you're like, <laughs> I shouldn't really be watching? <laughs> it's the type of thing. Like, if I'm with friends and we have nothing to do, we'll occasionally watch. Yeah, and we'll be like, let's predict our futures. <laughs> let's find out what our palms are telling us about yeah. who we really are. <laughs> like I love that. You know, I wouldn't really say guilty because um, it's not like something I get into that often it's just the occasional like oh this could be quite fun to look into yeah you know yeah yeah i love like old interviews as well that's another like niche i'll go into like um david bowie interviews or like just any random artist from like the 70s or 60s i'll happily sit and listen to them talking about stuff that's going on at the time yeah not that they ever share any of the most interesting stories because they were all illegal but you know yeah they're all just kind of like to do with acid <laughs> yeah I, I saw um an interview with bowie mm-hmm. and it was like talking about the internet it must have been in like the early 2000s he predicted it he was so spot on good. Yeah. he was spot on with everything yeah have you seen that clip of him saying meme school no Oh, he a, says meme school. Yeah, he was just on stage and he just randomly picks up the microphone and goes, meme school. And you're like, how did you know that people in 20 years were going to find that hysterical? <laughs> like, he was just so ahead of his time. It's so funny. It's probably the, the clockwork elves or whatever. He's probably doing DMT. Yeah, he probably was, to be fair. Bless him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've definitely talked about Terence McKenna before on this podcast, but DMT is something I've yet to try but it's absolutely fascinating to me. It's kind of like terrifying, but also really interesting. Like, I don't think I, it's it's one of those things. The main thing that kind of blows my mind about DMT is that how everyone seems to have kind of similar things. Like mm-hmm. every, like I think all these people did it and they were all seeing the same like little elves. Yeah. And they were all pointing at the same one. Mm-hmm. Like there's an elf there. Why is that elf doing that? Mm-hmm. how the hell did they all that like that is just bizarre they were all seeing <laughs> yeah. the same thing do you know what i mean especially considering um i don't know people in different cultural contexts have the same experience yeah so it's not like everybody's had this idea implanted into their brain it's like people go into the experience with no context and still or like different contexts and still experience the same like archetypes of the experience yeah it's just what? unbelievable yeah. It's unbelievable. There's something going on there. And also, why would DMT be released when you die? Mm-hmm. That it's literally released into the brain when, like, the brain went, oh. That your brain well, realizes. That's just a part of dying. But it, it realizes that it's dying. Like, yeah. your brain will realize, oh, I am dying right now. I'm going to release DMT. Yeah. And then you get this psychedelic hit mm-hmm. as you are dying, right? Like, yeah. That has to be why that's released. 
you know? And yeah. it's just so crazy how like that's stored within you, yet you will not be able to access that. Unless you ingest and, it. Unless you, well, but like even the stuff that, like you have DMT in your brain right mm-hmm. now that's stored there. Yeah. And obviously it will then be released. When you die. When you die. But like, that's just crazy. Like, well, there is a base level of DMT in your system anyway, isn't there? Oh, is there? I don't know. I'm like not well versed on it I, at all. I don't know. I, I yeah, I have no idea. Occurring thing in the body. Yeah. Hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> it is just absolutely. <laughs> I'm not qualified to talk about DMT. No, at me neither. All. It's not oh God, no, me neither. No, I don't know anything about it apart from just like I just watched those Joe Rogan videos about <laughs> it, and he'll be like, "Oh, this crazy like ugh. DMT is just one of those things. It's very, very, very fascinating. Yeah, but also. I think in the right context, it has potential for like immense healing and yeah. you know, growth. There was like a YouTube channel that I saw and it was this guy who did it loads. Mm-hmm. And like I was looking through his videos and I was like, it was like a playlist of all of yeah. like a step by step of these different videos and these different things that he'd done. So the first one was like, oh, like doing DMT, like like step by step, blah, like blah. Like trip reports. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And he was like, I-, I wanted to see this woman or something. There was a woman that he wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as the videos went down, it just went down, down, down. And then the fifth one was like, I'm now schizophrenic. Like oh from doing DMT, like maybe it triggered. And and, and I was just kind of like, oh, well, that kind of took a turn. And in the first video, he's like, absolutely fine. Like mm-hmm. there's no bad things to it. And as I went down, he was just like, so guys, like and I was schizophrenic. I was like, wow. Yeah. Like that. That obviously has something. I think it, it, well, yeah. It's a crazy thing. It's the same with, um, there's some psychedelics that um, if you're at high risk for schizophrenia, just aren't a great idea to get yourself into. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, that's why I sort of tell people to be cautious. Enjoy them. Have Mm. a good time. Be responsible, you know. Yeah. But if you're predisposed to schizophrenia, I mean, if I was, I would have massive second thoughts about whether I'd go and do repeatedly dmt at least without a trip sit or anything you know like yeah that just sounds like a pretty horrible idea mm-hmm. it was a very long time that i saw it mm. but um yeah it was just something along those lines and i just remember kind of seeing it and being like oh my god like wow what a what an intense he could have just been saying it for clickbait he could do you know what i mean he I could have just been saying it for clickbait i didn't really yeah. watch it i was like oh i remember seeing a similar thing it was a guy who did detura if you know that i have no idea what that is basically a really horrifying psychedelic like it's so common to have a bad trip on it i'm not saying it's impossible to have a good trip but the thing is it's poisonous so it's like so easy to die from it like just one of those i would personally never touch and uh this guy i think he ended up having like split personality disorder or something after and you're like dude Mm. take it easy like yeah you know it's mm. interesting how people are willing to like throw themselves into that deep of waters just to explore more psychedelic Like crocodile, right? You oh. know crocodile is? is? that the Russian drug? Um, I'm not sure where the hell it comes from, but I'm pretty sure like you do it and it like makes your skin go all horrible and like yeah. starts to rot off and yeah. like you just, I, I don't even know, it's no. kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Kind of, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in, like, let's say four years' time? Do you have a little plan of where you want to go there? or Four years. Yeah. My ideal situation, because four years I'll have finished university, I'd love to migrate to the US or Canada. Mm-hmm. Would love to be a recording musician. Yeah. Wouldn't mind doing part-time work and other stuff, like just being a barista or something, or like, you know, working at a store, 
you know, just to make ends meet. Would love to travel the US as well, like uh, road tripping, that kind of thing. Would love to have a really solid band together who I'm like really happy with. Uh, would be keen to have at least, it's a, it's a very risky thing to say, but I'd like to have like maybe an album or two out by Ooh, then. A bit risky there, a little bit risky there. No, yeah. I just, I just... <laughs> It's just if I don't end up doing it, it's going to be a, a little annoying that I said I would do it, but yeah. you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Hopefully, like, I don't know, financially somewhat doing okay, which yeah. is unlikely, uh, given tough. the debt that we're going to be in. But Yeah, I know. Don't get me started on all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, earning money and hopefully traveling, that's the main thing two priorities I'd say yeah be nice to have like a long-term relationship but I'm that's one of those things where I'm like if it happens it's nice but it's not something I'm actively going to try and make happen Mm -hmm. and force to happen you know yeah Uh, what about you well I mean I would say that first of all that's that's some pretty nice goals Mm. to be fair Uh, I'm fairly specific I mm -hmm. think people get a bit weirded out they're like what do you mean you know what you want to be doing in five years I'm like if I don't plan it out I'll just not end up doing anything (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair I think I want to have an EP out Mm-hmm. hopefully have a full like album out maybe like possibly Vindigo Weekend if that even happens but we've literally not even had one full rehearsal with yeah. everyone there so yeah. that is like you know I definitely want to have at least an album out Um, I do want to go back into filmmaking mm-hmm. like because I've made um, about like three okay three short films and like one of them was the like first one, it was like bad. Second one, I'm quite happy with, but for what it was. But I do want to like dabble in all three because like my biggest inspirations in general is probably like Donald Glover. Do you know Donald Glover, yeah. Childish Gambino? I think what he's capable of doing because he'll like do stand up, he'll act, he makes music. He, I'm pretty sure he directs as well. Mm-hmm. There's not one thing that you can kind of like pinpoint him on. He's such a, like, so talented and so, like... Creative all-rounder. Just creative all-rounder. I want to be a creative all-rounder. Mm-hmm. So once I feel like I have it... Because I did photography before I even did short films. Because mm-hmm. when I bought the camera, I was focusing on photography. I did a, a bunch of photography. And then I thought to myself, right, I understand, like, ISO, shutter speed, blah, 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 color balance, all aperture. that stuff. Aperture. etc. Um and I was like, well, I think that looks quite nice. Uh, and I, I did like an Instagram photography and we put some up in a local shop and everything. They got framed and everything. And I was like, oh, so cool. People are going to be buying it. Mm. And then no one bought it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, but it's funny. Like, I look back on it now and I'm like, okay, maybe if people had bought them and it kind of like people were like, oh, this is really interesting. Maybe I would have stuck with photography. And right now I, I would be really good at it. Mm. But no, nothing came from it fair enough and I thought right, I've got a grasp on photography right now let's move on to media mm-hmm. and then when I felt like I'd done BFI it was like right let's move on to music because mm-hmm. I want to reach a point where I'm capable of all three and granted when you do that you spread yourself a bit too thin that is a risk I'm not going to be the best in the world at anything but you know I never was going to be the best in the world because there's always going to be someone better right so screw it I'm just going to have fun Mm-hmm. that's what I want to do I want to push myself out my comfort zone but I want to have fun and as soon as photography wasn't fun anymore I was like right next thing mm. right and 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 that's what that's what I'm like I don't think there's anything wrong with people who 
have jobs that are just they're just happy they're content that this is my job like and they spend most of their life there like if that is what you like that's amazing mm-hmm. and honestly i'm kind of jealous because i wish that i i wish that i was like just really content and be like this is awesome i just don't know if many people like that find it genuinely fulfilling or if they just settle for it i think it's really telling that like the the majority of people i feel mm-hmm they tolerate it and they get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. I would say like you're definitely in the minority if you think I cannot do this. Like I can't work at a supermarket. I just can't do it. It's just not my thing. I think you're kind of in the minority because if it was the majority of people that felt that way, jobs wouldn't be what they are. Mm-hmm. Like like there would be so many jobs in the different industries that we want to pursue in, mm-hmm. right? But the reality is there's very little and there's way more jobs in these but maybe I don't know I don't know but I just think I I, I just want to be like a creative I don't I want to make a podcast eventually yeah like that is like yeah Yeah. I'd like to host a podcast as well and yeah we can do that I could be your first guest that would be fun I'm down yeah Yeah. I don't know like yeah I mean I don't know when I want to because the thing with a podcast I think it's one of those things like I think that would be a really nice thing to kind of when I've settled down, maybe yeah, like even here. in maybe in life, like maybe mm. if I have a house and like this, oh, okay. this would be if 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 things and a lot of things would have to go right for me to be able to be like, oh, I've got an album maybe out that's like good, it sounds good, and I'm actually now working on like an, a genuine film, right. like a genuine film, right, like or something. It's like so, I have like such crazy big like ambitions of what I want to do, you know, but then it's like, why not? For me, I can't wait to do things like that. Like mm. I'll be like, I could yeah. leave it until I'm 40 years old and successful and this and that and the other. But the reality is what if I got hit by a car tomorrow and I just yeah. never ended up doing any of the things I want to do? Exactly. That's kind of the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I want to at least be at a point where if I ever got hit by a car and just suddenly <laughs> died, I'd yeah. want to at least be like, I gave it a go. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasn't, because I, I was, I'm certainly not the best at literally anything, but at least I tried. Yeah. Like trying is, it's something, it's, you know. It's literally the only thing that you can do. Like on this planet, like you basically just leave behind the stuff you tried at. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like I would be so devastated if I like died and I was like, I've never released a single piece of music. I've never like, you know what I mean? Never mm-hmm. just like chased after any of the things that I want to do. Yeah. Like that—that that would be like essentially my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you know? I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess ambitions would be podcast, do something within media mm. that's like good, something within music, like uh, album, something that's genuinely just good, sounds good, you know, um, and then eventually like settle down, have a have a podcast, and I want to have a nice house. Same. I really want to <laughs> have like I was watching. I've been watching loads of um top gear and then it moved on to me watching loads of youtube videos of like where richard hammond and jeremy clarkson and james may like where they're all at right now in their lives oh, yeah. and richard hammond like there was just a video out of him like his daily like day-to-day thing mm. and he's got his own company and like his house is like just lush mm-hmm. and he just goes and walks the dog and he's got he's a busy busy guy really successful yeah you know but that thought of having just this lush house and like a wife and kids and just 
I want that. I don't I, think I want like a stereotypical like nice mansion. I think for me, maybe I'd not like, a mansion. I'd like like a nice like cabin home, maybe by a lake oh, in like Canada or something. That'd yeah, be nice. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice to like settle down eventually. I don't think I'd want to be that busy. Like, I don't think I'd want to be like. I mean, maybe I could run a business or something, but I think I prioritize my freedom over anything else. And mm-hmm. once you tie yourself to like a business, that is basically yeah. your freedom gone. That's true. Yeah, I think, but that, but like, that's why I feel like a podcast would be my business like it would be like oh, i just okay, like do right. the podcast and be happy and just like yeah, yeah come on up. like have guests round and maybe from the different things i've pursued in my past i'd have enough notoriety to be able to get some interesting guests on or something because right do you know yeah. what i mean that would be quite nice i think but this is really far ahead this yeah. is like this is like just grasping at the straws i think with getting guests i think if they're famous they're probably more difficult to get but it's not difficult to like get interesting people mm-hmm. like there's plenty of just hidden gems of human beings around you know what i mean yeah and i'm quite interested in interviewing them i think just because if somebody's like a famous actor or something they've already been interviewed like a thousand times they've kind of said their piece whereas if somebody's kind of like you know maybe the guy who plays guitar in your local town and nobody's ever really heard of him then you're providing something that wouldn't otherwise be documented at all yeah i find that like so interesting that's one thing that i think hot ones does really well as well do you yeah. know like the the hot wings guy yeah, yeah. i think because that what that does is it, it it strips away a bit of a persona mm-hmm. that these celebrities have to have and they're like just like they're, they're just focusing on not freaking out because it, like it's <laughs> it's it's so well done um yeah. and that's why it's so successful i think because it just like it's such a cool little gimmick yeah it's easy and they can also use it to promote stuff but if you notice they always promote stuff right at the end mm-hmm. like they'll be like this camera this camera this camera yeah. um what have you got going on you know tell everyone but the whole thing leading up to it is like really in- like they're just good questions they're yeah. just really interesting good questions so yeah but yeah it's kind of cool yeah It'd be fun to do a Hot Ones episode on here, but I know the audio listeners would be cringing as they hear people eating. Oh, that'd be awful. It would be the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like I'm now just thinking that. of just like, yeah, yeah, some guy like crunching down on a chicken. To be fair, my spice tolerance isn't too bad because oh, I tend terrible. to put hot sauce on everything I eat. Mine's awful really yeah not a fan of spicy food i do but it <laughs> i don't know like i don't have it enough to oh, okay. be like a super fan of it right i like spicy food but yeah i don't really have it enough fair play to be like oh yeah i have it all the time because i just don't yeah. But, yeah i find it difficult to eat stuff that has like no seasoning or no spice no flavor i don't know yeah to me i'm just like it's missing a certain je ne sais quoi, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That yeah. is fair to say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was also going to ask, like, with you, if you had a biggest kind of inspiration musically, what would that be? Is it Nick Drake? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. In terms of my guitar playing, most likely on acoustic Nick Drake, but also, like, Joni Mitchell, Paul Simon... I mean, the list is literally endless. It's John Martin, he's a fantastic guitar player. Um, the Beatles, early influences was like the Beatles for sure. Like, I loved the Beatles when mm-hmm. I was like 10, 11. Pink Floyd, like, kind of classic rock bands, I guess you would say. Led Zepp, of course. Um, 
the Grateful Dead are a massive one in my electric guitar playing. Like, mm-hmm. I love jam, like, style. Like, I will happily do, like, you know, 20 minutes of weird jams yeah. and feel totally satisfied with, like, that was a productive session. And people are like, that guy's just noodled for, like, 20 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> that's the point. Um, I love Dire Straits. They're fantastic. John Mayer, brilliant guitar player. Um but yeah, Nick Drake was a massive influence. I think also just around the time I discovered him was before I recorded my first EP. So I think, um, yeah, I think more or less all the songs on that were in really weird tunings that I'd kind of picked up from him. Um, also just the lyrical content of his songs is fantastic. Yeah. He was um, an English major, I believe, at Cambridge. Um, wow. So he didn't actually take music in uni. Um but yeah, he was big into like, I think like romantic poetry. I'm not very well versed on poetry, but mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, I was just like mesmerized by his music. That's like, how I felt with Unnamed Orchestra. Yeah. It was the same thing of just like, I felt just like an actual whole new world had just been opened up. Yeah. Like, f- like sound wise, mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, yeah, I just was so blown away. What so, is it about their music? Like... Oh, I don't know. Like, I think it was the first kind of like real, I don't know, like, cause it's psychedelic, but the first track, the first like albums literally called Unknown Mortal Orchestra and it was released on my birthday. Oh, okay. So nice. like I have it like, cause it was released on my birthday, the birth of both. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, and it's like very, it feels like it's like kind of coming out of a radio. Okay. Like it's not like super, super produced. It, mm. it sounds quite vintage yeah. and all the sounds are just like every song is nothing like I would, my brain would ever think of how I would, how I would construct a song. If you know what I mean? The chords right. are so different. The sounds, the vocal effects, because mm-hmm. Ruben Nielsen's voice is like just so different and so like he, oh, it's just yeah. I can't even describe like how cool they are in my opinion, and even yeah, like and then like as it went on, it did get more produced, but still kept this vintage feel because all the equipment's like fully vintage. Yeah, like, and also like the thing with there's a song called Multi Love, mm-hmm. and it's on the third album, which is also called Multi Love. And what Ruben kind of does for the art of music is kind of like incredible. I've already told you about this, I'm pretty sure, but Mm -hmm. it's called multi-love. He basically like started a polyamorous relationship and he felt himself kind of being pushed out of his own relationship with his wife because that she like was like kind of, I guess was forming more of a bond with the third party. With the third party. And it's just such a, like, I don't know anyone who's been in that situation. That's such a unique situation to be in. Yeah. And the, just everything about that song is like, just, uh, so cool. Just so different. And the, the, the drum breaks, the way like it's all mixed together. Uh, I think it's funny because you are attracted to music that makes you feel like you're stepping outside of yourself, like something that's very different, whether as I tend to go for music that feels like I'm coming home to it. Oh, you know wow. I mean? Okay. Like, yeah. If I look at like stuff I listen to, like Allman Brothers Band, literally like my favorite band, Rush, 
I adore Nick Drake, but it's all music I can very much relate to and draw like my own experiences, mm-hmm. like kind of have parallels between myself and the lyrics. And I feel like really deeply connected with the music and I'm kind of like, feel like this is like my music, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you're probably the polar opposite in that way. I think I, think I definitely do find... Yeah, like I think to a certain extent that's very true. Mm-hmm. But also when there are lyrics where I hear them and I'm like, that is my thought process right now. Mm-hmm. That also is like absolutely oh, okay. incredible. Um, there's a Mac Miller song that I was listening to, which really just like, oh God, it just spoke to my, spoke so much. Let's look it up. To do, where is it? If called? you could have written one song, by the way, what Good would you Good news, get? I think is, oh, um, if I could have written a song that was that now mine. Yeah. Oh my God. What a great question. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's going to leave me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think maybe it would be possibly like a Beatles song. Okay. Probably something by the Beatles, like something. Oh, good choice. I think that is just kind of like a perfect song. It's like the most, it's, it is the best love song ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, uh, yeah, George. George Harrison. He's just amazing. Yeah. Greatest writer it's, in the Beatles. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like, what an incredible song. Mm-hmm. And Here Comes the Sun. I might actually pick Here Comes the Sun. Yeah. I think that is, I think that's their most popular song, right? It's their most listened on Spotify. Mm. Imagine imagine you you wrote that. <laughs> like what, where do you go from there? Yeah. As long as it was the last song I wrote, I'd be happy. Because if I wrote that at the beginning of my career and everything else, nothing beats it. So you'd just be yeah. like, well, what's the point? <laughs> well, to be fair, his um, solo stuff after that, I think was... Oh yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah! Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like my sweet lord. Oh yeah, yeah. Life, like, um, have you heard Wawa? Yeah, uh, I, I listen to that all the time. Now. The whole of um, the All Things Must Pass album, I think, is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like some of his best work. Yeah, and going back to the whole DMT thing, he's got gnomes all over that album. He loves gnomes. Mm-hmm. He probably did a, hell, a whole load of DMT, right? And he definitely did a hell of a lot of acid. Yeah. Do you know when they started? I'm pretty sure, like some other guy just spiked John Lennon and him. Um, basically, the first time they smoked weed, they like smoked up with Dylan. And that's how they got into that. Which is like the coolest story ever. Yeah. And then how they got into acid was their dentist spiked them. That's the story anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, the reality is they then proceeded to choose to do acid for a lot of more times. Yeah. It wasn't just that one time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think if I was to write one song, I, oh, there's so many good choices. I'm thinking possibly... Blue Sky by the Allman Brothers. Okay. Such a simple song, but so nice. Or like um, Hazy Jane 1 by Nick Drake, just because the guitar part is stunning. Possibly either Limelight or Spirit of the Radio by Rush. I, okay. Or Subdivisions by Rush. I adore that track. I think it would have to be one of those, and I'd probably have to spend years thinking about it and then still probably not come to any kind of conclusive decision yeah they're also fantastic in their own ways yeah that's fair that's a, yeah. that's, a, that's a good and going back to what you said about how certain songs um like i like songs that are kind of like maybe out of my body whereas you like them mm. in i do feel a very like weird connection to there's a there's a band called yeek y-e-e-k and a lot of his songs 
they're nothing like it's not psychedelic rock or anything it's more like rap it's like american yeah. rap but i think a lot of the stuff that he says in, in his work i feel like a weird connection to as well mm-hmm. um but do you have a favorite song like ever no no. I don't really trust people who can choose a favorite song. See, I've got one. So yeah. you can't trust me anymore. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I get I get that because, I mean, there's I so know. much. If so, if people ask, I'll maybe just go for, like, one of my, like, songs I listen to all the time, like Sultans of Swing or, oh, you know. Like, I'll, I'll just kind of offhand song. choose a song and be like, yeah, that's my favorite song. But the reality is it really depends on what I'm made, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's fair. Have you heard of Jigsaw's Falling Into Place by uh, Radiohead? No. So that... That, like that for a good like three or four months mm. was my favorite song okay and i listened to it over and over again like it's one of these songs where like ah, oh, the production on it's crazy it's such a cool sound mm. and i feel with radiohead they they their kind of like niche is definitely like being it's quite like a depressing sound sometimes yeah. you know it's like but yeah, like f- Jigsaw Fall Into Place, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's just such a cool sound. And But my favourite song of all time is Honey Bee yeah. by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a guitar solo in it, and the whole thing is quite like relaxing. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's like a just a really nice, like, it's just really chilled. And then this solo comes in. And it's like just UMO all over. It's yeah. like such their sound, like such a unique sound. And even the like notes that are used, they're mm-hmm. like, like, there's like an actual like, there's a certain kind of progression that Ruben uses. And it just all comes together to make this song that is yeah. just kind of perfect to me. It's just yeah. such a beautiful song. So definitely. How many listeners do you have usually every episode? It really varies on the guest, to be honest. So there'll be zero for this. Yeah. <laughs> so to our one listener. Hi, seen, Dad. Uh, have you seen The Midnight Gospel? The Midnight Gospel? Yeah, that rings a bell, right? Yeah. Um, to my one listener, Hernog Jensen. I live for you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, Dad, uh, put on Honeybee. <laughs> he likes that song as well. I think... At the minute, like if I was to choose like song of the month, it would probably be Portland by The Replacements. Okay. Back in high school, I think the first song where I was like, I kind of realized within myself this song's going to be really significant in my life was Run of the Mill by George Harrison. Because uh, when I had like my first kind of, I guess you would say somewhat spiritual awakening, maybe around like year seven, which is such a funny thing to say, like my spiritual awakening in year seven. It wasn't, you know, the most profound thing ever, but it was when I sort of started to become a bit self-aware. Um that was like the song I would always listen to, Run of the Mill, and it got me through high school. Yeah. That first year of high school, which was just awful. I would just put on my headphones, listen to some George Harrison, and, you know, block out everything. Nirvana yeah. as well at the oh, time. Oh, my God, yeah, Nirvana's yeah. one of my biggest... I, I'm so annoyed I didn't say that earlier on when you said about my inspirations. Ah, okay. Because Nirvana's up there as well. I love all of that music, especially like, um, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Jimi Hendrix, all of the stuff to come out of Seattle. Uh, obviously, I have family over there. Yeah. Just... Best incredible, yeah. I mean, city for the, the music, you know. It's it's kind of like it is unbelievable how many incredible artists came out or come out of that place, you know. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. I think it's because grunge had such a big scene there. Mm. I don't know. It's it's one of those places. It's like Nashville. It's like 
how much great country music can come out of one place. You know? Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, I think as well, like the MTV Unplugged live oh, performance yeah. that like that for me is the best live performance ever. Yeah. I will literally stand on that hill. Like it, <laughs> it is just, yeah, it's it is incredible. It's unbelievable. Like man who sold the world was performed. Where did you sleep last night? Mm-hmm. And great about covers. a girl, about a girl, mm-hmm. the opener of, of the, of the whole of that album. Yeah. Like that is my go-to song that I will just sit there and play. Like mm-hmm. whenever we're in the practice rooms, I always end up just start playing about a girl because mm-hmm. it's such a, it's, I don't know. There's something about it. It's just incredible. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I think for me, like Kurt Cobain had so much more that he was, that he could have kind of given like mm-hmm. Bowie was incredible. Right. He had a long but run. Bowie had a hell of a long run. Yeah. And kind of like, similar i guess you could also say like john lennon as well mm. like john and kurt john lennon and kurt cobain they are probably the two kind of like biggest artists that i think like we our our lives would genuinely be different if they were if they had lived longer he would have released more music that would have just like changed it like minutely changed things and yeah, like the, like life true. would be just so it would be literally different i think Mm-hmm. like because people would have kind of i don't know i I do think that and especially with cook with kurt cobain like he had so much that he could have given yeah. just even on artwork alone like even if he never made another song mm-hmm. his paintings and stuff are so cool that in the art scene it would have like influenced yeah. so many artists and maybe like he would be people would be talking about him uh, like it would be in art seminars they'd be talking about his paintings do you know what yeah, i mean instead no, of being like everyone like, oh yeah his music nirvana like maybe he would have literally even elevated above nirvana mm-hmm. and he could be, he would be known as a musician because that's what, kind of what jim carrey did a, a, a little bit mm-hmm. jim jim carrey does like uh uh paintings as well as acting he's coming back into it now but he like completely stopped acting and just did loads of artwork yeah and like that's just so cool you know yeah um i do always wonder about like especially like artists who died really young like what could they have gone on to do like if nick drake didn't die if tim buckley hadn't have died amy winehouse amy winehouse for sure like any of my favorite musicians you're like what would they be doing today you know yeah it is so it's sad. a funny thing to wonder it's yeah. so sad it is yeah yeah absolutely I think, I don't know, the music industry, especially back in the day, just had a tendency to just eat people alive. I think it still does now, honestly. Especially if you look at rappers. Oh, God, yeah. It's like in the news, like, every month, some massive rapper, it's like something horrific's happened. Yeah, I mean, going back to when it's about, like, Mac Miller. Yeah. Like, his song was um, good news, and everything that he said in that, like, it was just, like, that was released after his death. That was released, I think. Yeah. And, like... It's just with him as well. And there's so many artists where, like nowadays, where when they like suddenly pass away, mm-hmm. they then become more popular. Like it's almost like that was like a gate that's now opened and now they actually then become mainstream. Yeah. Because um, I want to say there was a song with Lil Peep and Tentacion called yeah. like Rain. I can't remember, but it was basically like Lil Peep then, like Lil Peep died 
I think he OD'd. It, I think it was an accident, but I'm not sure. Like I didn't like I haven't done loads of research into it, but XXX Tentacion heard about him because of the death, realized, oh shit, like he was really similar to me. We we would have probably collabed or like I wish we did collab or whatever. Mm-hmm. They make this song and then he dies. And they literally then like release this song where both both like musicians have died. Dead. Yeah. Um and I remember like li- like playing it out one of my speakers and I think my mum came in and was like, oh, what's this? And I was like, oh, it's both these, it was just like saying who it was. And I was like, yeah, they're both dead now. Bloody hell. That's the it's thing, so with, I think, just in the rap scene at the minute, the mm. culture of just taking pills is like, yeah, it's so concerning to me. Yeah. And just like, I don't know, it's just not worth it. The amount of great artists we've lost. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's troubling. It is quite scary to think like... Because like I said, like Post Malone, he's like one of my idols. Like mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love him. And there yeah. was a little moment, um, I think it was last year, I want to say. I think there was that video, wasn't there? Where yeah, he was him on stage. stage and he was like collapsing and stuff. And he did yeah. come out of a statement or whatever saying like, that's just like part of the kind of persona that he has on stage. And it's not, he, he he's not on drugs. Like, don't worry about him. And I'm like, fair if you want to say that. But like, I don't know. You can't really buy it. I think it's part of that kind of lifestyle that you're you're bound to dabble in that type of stuff. Mm. But like, if he died, I ah, oh, I don't know. That would be the worst. Like, I ah, oh, I don't know. It'd be don't horrible. Want to think about it. Don't want to think about it. Yeah, he's he's just one of my idols. So like, but fuck. But yeah, I love Post Malone. Actually, he's um probably one of the few pop artists who I actually pay attention to. Yeah, in like a serious way. I, he's not somebody I necessarily listen to loads, but the stuff that I do listen to of his, I love. Like, Stays, Brilliant. Oh, Stays, just... Circles. Ooh. I love, um, what's that track called? Go Flex. It's just like a yeah. fun little track he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's other, like, stuff that he's got on YouTube that he hasn't put out. He's got Window Shopper, which I want to say, I want to say maybe 50 Cent originally did. I can't remember, actually. But he basically takes the instrumental and raps over it okay. and it was right at the beginning of his career and it's like such a good song mm-hmm. but I, I wish it was just actually like out like listen to yeah. it on Spotify or something but yeah so it's just one of those things the the kind of culture with rap and, and stuff and how drugs are very much intertwined I think like but the, I, I think I think drugs and psychedelics and all that it's just intertwined with creatives I think psychedelics are different, though. Yeah. Yeah, because I think people can use them to be spiritual, to be creative, in a way that if you're just popping pills left, right, and center, you're not really being as mindful. Sure. I think there's, like, a very legitimate link to psychedelics and creativity, where there's people who like to get fucked up on pills and then write. I mean, fair play, it's going to give a different vibe to the music you're writing, but I think it's just, it's far more physically damaging, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's very fair to say. Yeah. Also, if you look at psychedelics use in human history, I mean, people have been eating mushrooms since the beginning. Right, is that... Because that's, the, that's the theory, right? That's the yeah. theory that... The, the stoned ape theory? Stoned ape Do you want to go into course. that? Yeah, I mean, effectively, that's just one theory. Who came up with that? Probably Terence McKenna. I have no idea. It might not have been. Um, but yeah, the theory goes that people essentially became more and more conscious as they sort of left the jungles and started going and eating mushrooms. 
I'm sure mushrooms had a part to play, but I don't think it's that simple. Yeah, I don't know because like you got to think, think how a lot of intense... it probably was just evolution. Yeah, I think well. how like intense, like how many, like what the population of humanity was during that time mm-hmm. to say that all of like to say that like because it would have to be the majority, right? That would be eating these mushrooms and having psychedelic trips. Oh, I'm sure everybody you know? was doing it. Checking. I mean, they were around. Let, let, let's say like we're there back in the day, and <laughs> your your buddy finds some mushrooms that can allow you to talk to God. You'd be like, hell yeah, yeah. That's what true. else am I doing? Walking there's, around in the grass. There's literally like lemurs that mm-hmm. will like get um, centipedes or millipedes. I can't remember which one, mm-hmm. but like it gives off this toxin to make them go away, but it actually makes them get high. Oh, so yeah. they'll purposefully attack it and bite it, not mm-hmm. to eat it, but to get the toxin, and then they just trip. Yeah, just, whales um, get high as well. Like, I think there's, like, a certain type of puffer fish, and they basically pass it around like a fucking joint. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. But and, yeah. like, you have literal evidence of other animals being able, like, doing it. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, it's just so crazy. Like, not, yeah. A lot of it's no. been legalized again. Like, we're slowly but surely getting our way back on track to, like, sensible mm-hmm. policy around psychedelics. Hopefully. I think if psychedelics do become fully legal as long as they're kind of like like dosed correctly and they're like monitored in a good environment like then sure it could work Mm because honestly i do not have a leg to stand i don't i'm not qualified to talk anything about really any drug no i don't take any of it oh i'm very much like i i I have i just don't i have a drink but that's it for me Mm -hmm. and it's not that like i'm against any of it i just don't feel like i want to to yeah. be honest, like I just don't, I don't personally feel like I want to. Maybe in the future that might change, but I've just never, yeah, you know. So I can't, I can't comment on it. Granted, we did talk about DMT, but that's only because I have watched a lot of Joe Rogan and yeah. <laughs> but as a an outsider to it, mm-hmm. I don't really feel qualified to comment on the legalization or whatever or oh, like no, or how do you I. know. I mean, I'm not somebody who would ever choose to put myself in charge of policy or no. talking about any kind of policy at mm-hmm. all. Like that's not my place whatsoever. It's just fun to theorize, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems pretty clear the way we're doing it at the moment doesn't work. So then you kind of have to go, how do we rethink, you know? Yeah. Right, I got a question for you. Yeah. Who, what is the best version of fly me to the moon? There's only one correct answer now, I'm joking. You can say whoever. I don't know too many versions. I just kind of know Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra? You're going to say Frank Sinatra? That's fair. I mean, uh, Frank Sinatra's awesome. Not something I've looked into, I've got to be honest. Bobby Womack. Who's that? Bobby Womack. Bobby Womack's Bobby Womack. Don't He's know. awesome. Okay. Give him a listen. Uh-huh. Fly me to the moon, in other words. It's just I, lovely. Yeah. I know Blue Moon. There's a great version by Cowboy Junkies. Just mm-hmm. like a really nice, like, kind of indie reverby kind of version that's really good yeah i think like how do you feel about covers do you like have an opinion on that or i think if they're better than the original they provide something different than the original they're a good idea like yeah. I'll, I'll cover a song for fun i think they can be good fun to do um yeah that's fair because they just have I to agree. be done tastefully yeah. basically you know uh black magic woman by yeah. santana like that's incredible cover yeah yeah but for me, I do like Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. that version more. Because for me, like, I don't know, I, I like the simplicity of it. Yeah. It's more raw. It's like a genuine, it just feels more raw, more like emotional. Yeah. I guess my main thing is I don't need 
the the craziest sounding thing. I can just kind of sit there and be like, oh yeah, I I can just yeah yeah. I think I think Santana's version is incredible though. Oh you no, know, it is incredible. It is absolutely amazing. But just for me, not for you. Fair enough. No, it's not. It's not for me. I would just like I would still listen to it and be like, oh, this is a sick. This is really mm, good. But it's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had to pick which one I like more, I would probably say Fleetwood Mac's version. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. I think covers are quite good to find your own bearings as a musician anyway, because then you can figure what am I doing with other people's songs? What should I do with my own songs? Mm-hmm. You know, Man Who Sold the World. Yeah. Nirvana did it. Mm-hmm. Obviously Bowie. I mean. Which one would you say is better out of those two? I don't think you can really say either one is better. I like the Bowie version because I grew up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'll listen to both, you know? Yeah. I think if I had to say, I would say that the Nirvana one's more my thing. Mm-hmm. Because Nirvana is just more of my thing than Bowie in general, like just in yeah. general. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, with covers, I'm all for it. I know there's a lot of, there are like musicians that are like, no, no way. Like, I'll never do a cover. I don't want to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, why? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You're doing it for fun. Like, well, you, I don't know. Obviously you want to be making profit from stuff, but I think if you're going to be making music, you have to clearly enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm never going to say to somebody that they should be covering stuff, but also, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I'm very relaxed about the whole thing. If you, people want to do covers, they can do covers, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it is um, a pretty essential part of like growing up as a musician though, because you'll hear something and then you go, I want to play that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fair. Also, you learn a lot from learning other people's music. Like they're going to be doing stuff in their sound that you hadn't have thought of. And so then you play it and you kind of tear apart the song and you're like, what are the different parts that are being played? And it gives you ideas for your own stuff, I think. Yeah. I feel like with you as well, like you, you are like through and through music. Music is everything, <laughs> like you. absolutely everything. Whereas for me, it's like, I'm kind of 50-50. Mm-hmm. Music is half and the media is the other. Yeah. So, yeah. I find it difficult to find anything I care about more than music, mm-hmm. to be fair. What about a really good TV show or film? No. No? No. That's fair. Do you have a favorite movie? Favorite movie? Love the Big Lebowski. I, just, I, just, I yeah. I, I kind of, yeah. <laughs> I remember you saying Lebowski, that. Yeah. I just love it because the whole plot's like literally him just getting a rug. He just, yeah. He just wants his rug back. I love films that are just ridiculous but funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when anything gets too like serious and like people are like it's a it's a thrilling action packed visceral and I'm like I've already you've lost my attention. Yeah. Like I just want it to be a guy getting chased after a rug yeah. that's essentially what i want to watch yeah um <laughs> <laughs> i also find it like once i have a movie i like i'll just watch it over and over and i won't get bored because i rarely watch films i love um totoro i love like studio ghibli films they're brilliant mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else i love um i had a star wars phase but wouldn't call myself like an avid oh, star wars fan. oh my god lord I of the rings and through lord of the rings those are the best films. Those yeah. are the ones I always go back to. Absolutely love those. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, I went through a stage with Submarine, the 2010 film, where I found that film to be brilliant. It's just like a little independent film. Um, and it's 
based on a book called Submarine. It, it's, there's just some great, like, really quotable lines in there. Yeah. But I'm not so much into that now. Um, I love documentaries as well. I'll, like, I'll happily sit down and watch a Rush documentary or something like that. Are you going to watch the Beatles one? I am. I've heard it's really long. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's three it. hours long for each episode, I heard. Yeah, I'm going to find the time. Yeah. Get back, isn't it? Uh, yes. watched it? I haven't, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it as well. I'm planning on. We should just watch it together. Yeah, I'm down. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved um, Living in the Material World. I think that was the documentary they did about George Harrison. Cool. That was really good. It was more about his later life. I watched the Kurt Cobain one, Montage of Heck. Oh, I haven't oh, seen that. Oh, it's, oh, it's really? incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I watched like the weird documentaries about like Kurt Cobain conspiracies. Those are fun. Like, yeah. Watch those. I'm, Not so much anymore. I'm interested because I, yeah, the whole conspiracy thing. It's not really something I guess we sh- should get into. Some of them are too far out for sure. Some of them are just like, I don't know. Uh, but going back to whole movie stuff, because obviously like you mentioned Star Wars, mm-hmm. I am a through and through like full on Star Wars, Star Wars fan. like, like yeah. fan fan like yeah. I've watched like all of it mm-hmm. so many times uh-huh. honestly if I could choose if like my life could just be like if I could get a job mm-hmm. like like to do with Star Wars yeah. I probably would do that above music or media that is like crazy. i guess it's part of media it would be yeah. part of media but like if i could get a job like on the mandalorian or the, like one of the tv shows you'd I'd, prefer that i would do that in a heartbeat and i'd like okay yeah because like star wars is just one of those things i think it kind of always gave me an escape because mm-hmm. like you said which is very true what you said i do find like i'm always trying to find an escape from from everything yeah whereas you like to look kind of internally i think Maybe. Yeah, I think if I'm in public, I'll listen to music to escape from the reality of sounds around me and things like yeah. that. Like, I find it unbearable to be sat, like, in, like, a store where there's, like, a hundred different sounds going on. It's, it's all too much. I'll just put headphones on and I'll use it to kind of drown out the rest of the world. So I think it can be an escape in that sense, but it does tend to be stuff that, like, resonates with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's Star fair. Wars, I, I don't think... I wouldn't say I have, like, Star Wars as an escape, though, no. Not, like... Uh, Lord of the Rings, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Lord of the Rings. Never got behind Harry Potter. I never no. understood it. I was always just like, wait, what? Like, I've never minded Harry Potter. Is a chocolate Potter, frog th- now? Like, yeah, what? I think it's a fun, like, fantasy world, and I can see how people get into it, but I just missed the boat on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think now when people try to get me into it now, it's just... It's too late. It's already passed, yeah. 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 Like, I've been to Harry Potter world and stuff, and I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but Imagine they made a Lord of the Rings world. I would live there. I do you know what? Leave. I don't think you could do it. Just hit the microphone, <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> I don't think you could do it, though, because, like, logistically, like, Lord of the Rings is a literal, like, world. Like, Hobbiton is its own place. Like, if they did it, they would have to literally, like, Build convert fields and fields and fields and fields. Like, Lord of the Rings world would have to be, like, an actual, like, huge land mm-hmm. where, like, Eye of Sauron, you could see it, but it was actually really far in the distance. And it was, like, a several-mile-long complex yeah. where you've got Hobbiton, you enter at Hobbiton, and you travel through. And it is just, like, yeah. genuinely, if you wanted to get there, it would take you, say, three hours of walking. Oh, I'd love that. Imagine that. You have to, like, follow the journey that yeah. they follow in yeah. Lord of the Rings. That'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. Whereas, like, with Harry Potter, you can have the... art. Was it? What's the... They basically have like costumes and stuff, and you know. What's the um, 
Diagon Alley, right? That's the place. Not aware. I'm pretty sure it's called Diagon mm-hmm. Alley. Sorry to all the Harry Potter fans that are listening. <laughs> yeah. The two that are listening. They, they get very passionate as well, Harry Potter fans, when mm-hmm. you tell them it's not quite for me. They just don't seem to... You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, you don't like Harry Potter? You're like, it's not that I don't like it. It's, it's just, just I don't, yeah. don't know it enough to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, for me, it's like Star Wars. But yeah. like you said about um, with the Big Lebowski... Yeah. And how you like films that are just kind of like they don't take themselves too seriously they're just mm-hmm. more yeah i'm the same because my favorite film is hot fuzz oh yeah love hot and fuzz. it's it's just like the most quotable funny mm-hmm. movie it's like about a policeman who <laughs> basically goes up against the neighborhood watch and they're called the nwa yeah <laughs> which is amazing <laughs> so funny yeah that would be i reckon like one of the best things ever that could ever happen to me was if I did do a podcast and I was able to interview um, Edgar Wright or Nick Frost or Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. That would be I the lo- best day of my yeah. life. I loved them in Paul. Yeah. Like, Paul was so good. Paul was Paul is such a good movie, yeah. but because it's not part of the Cornetto trilogy, people, people kind of shit on it. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, it's a really, really good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So funny. And it's got like ELO is the soundtrack. That's the thing as well. Like Banging. a film with a great soundtrack is like, like I didn't watch Guardians of the Galaxy, but I, I was just to about to say that. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yes. Yeah. That was that. Right. Mm-hmm. Was my college soundtrack. Like I listened to Volume One. Yeah. Over and over and over and over again. Like it was just like that was all I listened to for the entire year that I was studying art and design. Mm-hmm. And Guardians of the Galaxy is my second favorite film ever. Yeah. Like. Just yeah. I need to watch it. Have you not watched it? No. You haven't seen it. Did you? You just said that, right? You said you haven't seen it, but you know the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Well, which is a very meaty thing to do. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think it will give you what it gave me. Okay. I don't think you'll like be like this is amazing. Like, cause, mm-hmm. but I thought it was amazing. It was kind of like I'd watch Star Wars for the first time again for me. Yeah. It was like this big like oh my god. This is. This Amazing. universe is insane because mm-hmm. it was all the Marvel. It's obviously in the Marvel universe, so you've got like all the Marvel stuff, but it was it never went to space. Space. It was never like, mm-hmm. you know. I guess it with Thor, but Thor was like okay. But mm-hmm. yeah, like Guardians, one mm-hmm. holds a very very special place in my heart. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of things to say, but I know nothing about the franchise. I just know there's a weird little man who kind of looks like a tree. That's Groot. Groot. And one thing about Groot that I think is so so cool is he kind of like goes past language barriers. Mm-hmm. So this is why I love like, there's something about certain characters where they don't speak, but they can speak like R2-D2, be- beeps mm-hmm. and boops, right? And, yeah. and, and Groot just says, I am Groot. And what you can do with that is it like, there's no language barrier then because you can understand how they feel from the way they emote. Okay. That's why I feel so drawn to certain characters because, yeah, they're just so, like, you can tell what they're thinking or feeling. I'm terrible at doing that. No? Really? Yeah. I need, like, the characters to be, like... (laughs) I am feeling sad. I'm feeling sad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, to be fair, I can... Oscar. (laughs) It's just like, Frodo just looks at the screen. Oscar, the ring is taking over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Literally. I am feeling very sad. (laughs) Not, like, to that level, but, um, like, I think... um, 
if, if there's just like a subtle raise of an eyebrow or like something like really like inconspicuous, like there will be like things like that in films and people will be like, you didn't notice this? I'm like, it flew over yeah. my head. I had no idea. How do you feel about Stanley Kubrick? I haven't watched a bunch of Stanley oh, Kubrick films. Watch him. Watch all of them. Which ones? Okay, so 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. You have to watch. Yeah. Um, a Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. The Shining. Mm-hmm. The Shining is like... It, it's just like a... It's, it's a horror movie, but Kubrick... Because I think Kubrick's the best director. Like I think he's like the greatest. Um, and some of the kind of building blocks of modern cinema, you literally can see them in his, his stuff. Yeah. And um, Eyes Wide Shut as well. Eyes Wide Shut is crazy. And there's actually a little conspiracy about that film. Because basically, it's all about um, the sex cults and stuff in in people with power. Mm-hmm. So like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, he's mm-hmm. like a f- really like well off doctor, and they go to this like party, and the guy who hosts it is one of his like um, I guess one of his patients or whatever. Like, but they just know each other, yeah. and he's like, oh, can you come upstairs real quick? And like the guy's wife's downstairs and all this, and it's all like completely like really rich, rich, rich people in tuxedos and stuff, you know, and he goes and Tom Cruise goes upstairs and there's a prostitute that's like OD'd in the bathroom yeah. and he comes in and he like, like, I think he like helps her and all that. And then the guy's just like, yeah, God, I'm g- thanks for doing this. I'm glad my wife didn't find out about this. I would have been in deep trouble. And it's like showing how kind of like the, the corruption and the power and like specifically yeah. within sex and stuff. Um, and it's just like so crazy. It's based on a, on a f- Italian novel or a French novel, I think. Um, and there's this scene is so freaky, but like he sneaks into one of the mansions, mm-hmm. like where it's all going on. And he's like got to wear a mask and everything. And he goes in and he's walking around and there's just like this whole, like it's, it's really <laughs> quite graphic. But there's like all these people doing stuff like yeah. as he's walking through. And then he goes into this hallway and all the people in masks are just staring at him because they know that he's kind of infiltrated it. Yeah. And it's so freaky. And he's mm-hmm. just stood there like, and all around, there's just all these people in these really freaky old, like, you know, the Italy, Italian like masks that they use to cover their faces. I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. And they're all just like staring at him. And they're like, we know who you are. You ever come back here again? Like we're going to kill you and all this. Yeah. And he like escapes. And he's like, thank God I escaped. And I guess spoiler for the movie but when he comes back into his house uh one of the masks is on his bed next to his sleeping wife like like showing that they're like so powerful like they can sneak in and all this Mm -hmm. and it's and then he just kind of like breaks down and starts crying and then his wife's like what's going on yeah and then he has to kind of come clean about what the what he was like trying to do Like, like he was trying to be unfaithful and all this right and there's this other bit where like he's like really like about to sleep with a prostitute but then he doesn't do it and then he goes to see her a second time and then it turned out that she was um like hiv positive oh. and stuff so it's like he like yeah it's yeah. like just the craziest stuff happens that's <laughs> eyes wide shut so yeah. go watch that 2001 a space odyssey awesome yeah. yeah i keep hearing about um 2001 space odyssey i think i should definitely watch that it is a quintessential like it is so yeah. important uh-huh. to film in general, I think. Okay. Yeah. 
Like two thousand. Quite a difficult audience with films, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Like you, you might be few. a bit bored. You might really? get a bit bored because it's. But like I, it's one of those like films where, like, it's very kind of like slow, but it's meant to be, and it's like really like it just you sit in it and you just like it just feels like it's really slow paced, but it, because of that, it feels real. Okay. It, it's one of those things that really takes its time. So when something actually happens, you're like, oh my God, that's why Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul is like so good to, like in my opinion, I don't know if you've seen Breaking Bad. I've seen the first episode and it was really good. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And, and, and more so with like Better Call Saul, which is a spin off all about the lawyer. But like, there will be episodes and episodes and episodes and episodes of like not really anything happening. And the biggest thing that happens is like he changes a document on a, on a layout for, um, for planning permission. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the final episode. He's like, I'm just going to like slightly add one extra dimension to this thing. And that's all he does. And then like episodes go down the line and then a character will find it and then like trip up and smack their head. Okay. And the reaction of just a character falling over and hitting their head is like, oh, f- oh my God. Oh my God, he's hit his head. Like, because you're so like in that world. Right. That's the biggest thing that can happen. And you're like, oh my <laughs> God, no. He's, oh my, this is so bad. He's hit yeah. his head. Like, whereas you cut to insert other show mm-hmm. and you'll have people getting like chopped up to bits and like all this crazy action explosions. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, you're just yeah, not phased anymore. Just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool, yeah. It's yeah. like, and don't get me wrong, I love those. People want to crap on the Marvel movies and stuff. Like, I love them. I really yeah. enjoy them. They're great, in my opinion. Which not, ones? Well, I mean, like the, the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those ones? Like the ones about uh, Tobey Maguire? Have you seen those ones? Ages ago, yeah. So, like, yeah, like the first one's good. The second one is just, like, a masterpiece with Dr. Octopus and mm-hmm. that. The third one... Yeah, not great. Um, then there was like Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. First one was like, oh, yeah. second one was really bad, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, Homecoming, I loved. Yeah, I loved Homecoming. Absolutely loved it. So funny, mm-hmm. like way funnier than I thought a yeah. Spider-Man movie could be, mm-hmm. but really good. Far From Home, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this new one coming out, very excited. Yeah. No way home. Coming out on the seventeenth of December, as oh, we're recording this. That's soon. So we're gonna date it. We're dating this now because, you know, people are gonna be like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, cause that's years ago. The They're gonna be like, "That was years ago." Like, yeah, you know. But Old news. Yeah. yeah, very excited for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> are you like an anticipator of films? Like, I'm Not never many. like that. Like, if a new album's coming out for an artist I adore, like, I'll pay attention. But other than that, like, I never know when things are, like, about to happen, especially in the film world. Like, mm-hmm. I don't pay attention. I am very much, like, like it depends, obviously. Like, if it's, like, a, a franchise or something I don't care about, it mm. is absolutely no, I could not care at nice. all. But if it is something like Spider-Man or, like, when the Avengers, like... Uh, Infinity War and uh, Endgame like like, I stayed I literally like when Endgame came out or when Endgame was initially released I think we got tickets for the fifth day Mm -hmm. with like so it had been out for five days and when it got released I turned off my phone yeah I well I uninstalled every app 
mm-hmm. like that was social media and yeah. I only used my phone literally to text like and like phone my like my parents or my close friends but I did not yeah. go on social media for for a week just for spoilers just for spoilers I didn't I just I was off the grid yeah yeah I just I think I'm just more of a theater person like if I watch a great theater show it will stick in my mind and I'll be like that was a fantastic show you know what I mean with theater I feel like I'm way more immersed I get way more engaged with it yeah I think like I haven't watched enough oh okay uh, to, but I really want to watch uh, the book of Mormon oh I really do as well I had tickets I think but then uh, it was cancelled uh, yeah. so irritating I really want to watch that yeah if you get tickets like I'm there you're there I'm down yeah. yeah I think also because I live near London which has fantastic theater like that's just why I was so into it you mm. know what I mean um, yeah yeah no I watched Hamilton which I loved very generic but it was fantastic um, yeah we had tickets to Dear Evan Hansen that was also cancelled which is a bit have you seen the movie I haven't apparently, no. apparently it's, it's not good yeah. yeah well I mean like he he clearly like um the actor in it apparently like he's way too old really yeah because mm-hmm. he's the one who did all the stage stuff uh-huh. So when he sings, he's singing like he's on stage, mm-hmm. and it like it's really jarring. Because when you're in, when you're like in an audience looking at a like a play, yeah, like you can be very expressive and blah 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 blah, and like you really need to express your face because they aren't seeing you. You have to overact. Exactly, you have to overact. But then when you're in a movie, the camera's right up close. So I think what was happening was he was oh, he's overacting. And right. it's, it makes it really weird. Yeah. You can sometimes have that when a theatre actor goes to um, film. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you just have a director who isn't willing to tell them, like, you I'm shouldn't pretty be sure making that, it that I'm, big. I'm pretty sure, like, the, the producer or the director is his dad. So he's not going to be questioning anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably got, he probably, I think he put out a tweet saying something like, if, if I wasn't part of this, it wouldn't be made. Like he, like, because his dad was like only doing it because of him or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. It's a funny thing to tweet. It was something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But it was something like along those lines of kind of <laughs> implying like, if I wasn't linked to this thing, like it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't be a thing. So, right. so yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Weird one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trying to think, um. Do you have any more, like with this podcast, obviously, like, do you have anything lined up? I have had a couple people say they want to be on it, mm-hmm. people around the uni. So whether or, that, whether or not that ends up happening. Who are you, is, get, who are you getting on? Um, I won't can, say can because say? I, I don't want to promise people okay. an episode and then it won't happen. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's like two or three people who have asked. I think um, I'm going to, okay, after the pod, I'll ask you. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you after the pod. That's fine. You don't oh, need yeah. to guess. Um, there's definitely... Um, People who have been on previously, it will probably happen in maybe a month or yeah. plus time, you know. That's fair. Yeah. What yeah. about you with your podcast? Are you, are you thinking about starting it anytime soon or? I really don't know. If nothing, if, if, if I end up really kind of being like, I, I think, think just I should the do opportunity it. of being here is really good because you have microphones and everything just available to you. Yeah. It just puts you in a really good position to start one now. So mm-hmm. I don't I know. I could do. It's quite an exciting prospect. I, I am yeah. very intrigued in it, but I'd have to kind of. Yeah, I might actually, because it, it would be good for me, I think, to start doing it. Mm-hmm. But then we'd be rivals. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know. It depends if we're podcasting about the same kind of things. Well, my name that I'm thinking is called the Kaleidoscope Cafe. <laughs> so I was thinking of having something <laughs> called the Kaleidoscopic Coffee House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
do you like out of people that you know and your friends and stuff like are you, do you feel like you are like the one kind of like pursuing a big thing do you have any friends kind of back in your hometown that uh, what are they pursuing what are they doing with them um, a lot of them are at university for oh, various cool. things yeah. oh right yeah so, so like, everybody's kind of pursuing their own things yeah yeah that's fair that's cool. i wouldn't say i'm like soaring above at all <laughs> no uh my friends back home a lot of them are in a band um give them a shout out under sky oh, hey shout out um who else yeah um i have friends who are still in college because they deferred a year or whatever i have um yeah i have a f- just just people just doing like all kinds of different pursuits stuff that isn't yeah. even related to creative industries like everybody's doing their own thing you know what about you do you kind of feel that way? Or? No, no, not at no. all. I, I mean, like, all my friends are doing, like, really cool things. One's doing, like, really gotten into fashion and stuff, which is really cool. Um, and, yeah, like, a lot of my friends are, they're just kind of, like, they're doing it. They're just doing what they want to do, which is nice. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily feel that they have to be, like, pursuing, like, a, like they don't feel like they have to be, like, oh, I've got to do music or i gotta do this i just like no i just have my job and i'm happy mm. and that's really nice like i like that yeah because it's just like yeah but i've also got a lot of friends that i made when i was in like the other like pursuing different courses that are doing really good right now one mm. of them studying in london yeah andrew butler shout out <laughs> he's yeah. doing really cool stuff and um yeah mm. It is really interesting to see where everybody goes off after college. I always felt, yeah, I do feel as well, though, like, with my hometown, I just, I did always feel like I was kind of, like, on my own from a creative kind of perspective. Mm. Not many people were really pursuing music like I was. No. Or, like, media, like, and if they did, they never worked with me. Like, Mm. they, or, like, they just, I wasn't in that group of them to do it. Yeah. I feel like at one point I was kind of the only one that was like, not the only one, but out of especially my friendship group, I was the one that's like, oh, like, let's let's make this short film. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Like, I'm always pushing. And some of them would be like, nah, mm-hmm. I, ain't, I don't want to be a part of that. But then others were like, no, no, I'll, I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. And which was really cool of them to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for them. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to kind of go to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing and so yeah. yeah I don't know I don't think I don't know but just because of the way my town was there was very few people my age so it's difficult to really gauge like what people were really up to it was a very kind of stagnant place like nothing really ever happened which in a way was quite nice because it was like fairly rural and quiet but at the same time I needed to escape you know what I mean like I couldn't have stayed yeah I think you probably feel the same Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I love my house. I love my family. Mm-hmm. We're all good. Like, mm-hmm. everything's like good at that. But the town itself, like, it's just... Yeah, I had to get out of there. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. It's a bit... It just is what it is, though. I just feel like there was just nothing... Just, there was nothing going on within the kind of thing that I wanted to be in. Yeah. There was no like opportunities for anything to do with music or media. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went Bristol. Bristol's like amazing for it. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for Bristol, yeah, I wouldn't, you know. I just... Yeah. I think for me, there was stuff nearby because London was nearby. So you would have opportunities, but you'd have to travel out to get them. So I figured I may as well live somewhere where I'm not having to like 
commute to go do basic things yeah. you know yeah yeah like if you had a gig you'd always have to like be driving off to the next town or whatever it's it's quite nice here to just be like there's a gig down the road you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah are you happy to wrap up i think i am yeah yeah uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you on the internet well i mean like oh my, my socials wise i got an instagram which is just my name mm-hmm. but creative wise indigo weekend we don't have anything out yet nope. my solo stuff still very early doors so what i'd probably want to do is i'll keep it under wraps for now oh, okay and then maybe if any if i end up managing to get something out we could do another one or something yeah for sure and then i'll be like Check out the new thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah. You're very much welcome. It's just been chilled. Mm. Yeah. It's been a very chilled episode today. That's what I wanted it to be. I I hope, like, people don't think I'm just talking about myself, like... Like, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not full of myself. I'm not like, oh, this is... Oh, you've got to do this. No, I just... (laughs) That's what I would laugh. Yeah, awesome.